The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. This is your Blue Falcon Court slash uh, Poorly Made Police Memes Court episode slash a bunch of other shit I put at the end. The The court cases are fucking phenomenal. It was a really good time. Uh, there was going to be more, but I got Blue Falcon and some people said they could do it and weren't able to do it. So I don't know what the future of the Blue Falcon Court is. I think they're really fun to do. I think it kind of breaks up what I do, so there's a little bit different stuff. If you have a issue you want me to solve, just DM me all that good stuff. The back half of the episode, my good friend Ben from Thoughts of a Patrol Officer comes on, and we talk about the documentary about the Cleveland Police Department pursuit back in 2012 that he brought up when he was on the podcast. We kind of break that down. I don't think that's going to be something I normally do. There's a lot of other people on the internet that do that kind of thing, and I don't know. I think there's a lot of that out there anyway, and I, I'll i keep doing my thing. But it was fun to do this. So, And then the very last thing I have for you is me and a special guest talk about cops with OnlyFans. It's a interesting discussion, which honestly could have been a whole entire podcast. So that might be a thing down the road, depending on how much, depending on how many more cops come out with their dicks and tits hanging out. But anyway, and that brings us to our sponsor of this fine podcast, that's my friends over at the V Development Group. These guys have great gear. If you ask me, a lot of things have changed in law enforcement over the last 40, 50 years. Something we don't talk about nearly enough is the type of medical equipment that is available to cops to take care of themselves. Now, my guys over at V Development Group, they have an emergency trauma kit. And that kit includes combat gauze, chest sealing dressing, gloves, Packing wound gauze, shears, all kinds of great stuff. They also have a individual aid medical kit. The purpose of that kit is to control bleeding and to cover penetrating injuries until medically trained responders arrive on scene. This next one's really damn cool, and I was reading up on it. It's called Quick Clot. They sell that. It's combat gauze. The gauze is impregnated with callan, which is an inorganic mineral that helps accelerate the body's natural ability to clot crazy right that kind of shit exists it's like something out of an avengers movie and of course they've got wound packing gauze to supplement if you already have a kit the last product i'm going to talk about is very cool it's the visor tourniquet carrier two inch ratcheting medical tourniquets and other tourniquets easily fit inside inside this carrier is a a sleeve which is enlarged to accommodate easy access to a pin sharpie throw some gloves in there maybe an epi pin 
So definitely go check these guys out, V Development Group, and I'll have links to all their stuff. And just remember, you want to have the best equipment on you, and God forbid you in one of these situations where you have to apply aid to yourself or, you know, a buddy, you want to have the best stuff, and this is the best stuff. Again, that's my good friends over at V Development Group, and their website, vdevgru.com, V-D-E-V-G-R-U, Dot com And of course, I'll have that on the podcast description on the meme page. And you can find them on the IG machine at V Development Group. And new customers use the code PMPM and get yourself a nice little discount. Before we get into the meat of the podcast, there's a bunch of stuff I want to get into. And I've been trying really hard to keep these intros short so we get into the podcast. So just bear with me for a minute. Of course, feel like I'm fucking forgetting shit. First thing. There is a poorly made police memes subreddit. If you're a Redditor, go check it out. I don't run it. I will post on there sometimes. But a a fan of the page kind of took that upon himself to run that page. So if you're on Reddit, you want to do that, check it out. I plan on maybe using that for some podcast discussions down the line and things like that. So just another uh, poorly made way to access me. That sounded wrong. Now, of course... When I was recording, speaking of access, the uh, OnlyFans part of this podcast, of course, there's a bunch of shit as I edited. I fucking forgot. And I'm pretty sure I forgot a joke that I wanted to make, which I'll make the meme for this podcast. So look forward to that. The uh, poorly made weight loss challenge. And here's your update. I'm still a fat piece of shit. However, uh, I feel like I actually turned a corner uh, down like a pound or so from, I think, the last time I reported in. So I'm down little over 12 pounds now and I did a thing actually made a commitment and stopped being a lazy sack of shit and started setting an alarm in the morning before the baby wakes me up to uh come down and started throwing the weights around it felt good I'm sore as shit but it it feels good so it's one of those things man you just gotta fucking go do it now I was gonna talk about uh I was gonna do the last giveaway for merch for now uh, for deserving officers but of course the guy that won i haven't heard from yet so i'm gonna hold off there's basically i have enough money to cover this last one we'll go from there but i'm gonna kind of hold out and see if this guy responds there's like three or four flyers out there where people didn't get their shit because either the person that nominated him didn't get back to me or i didn't hear from people so again like i said in some other podcasts i don't know if i'm gonna keep that going I may just keep it going as like, hey, if you want to email me and let me know if somebody did a good job and I'll probably make it a lot less formal or maybe I'll give away a sticker or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to bitch. I mean, it's cool people nominated their buddies, but it, it sucks that a handful of people didn't get shit because their buddy didn't check their email or, or whatever happened. So I don't know. Before we get to the band, just really quick, I wanted to give a shout out to people that are uh, new monthly sponsors of the podcast. And please forgive me if I don't have everybody that's been recent and I haven't shouted you out before, but I have Matt and Isaiah are the newest sponsors of the podcast. So thank you guys a lot. It I am very grateful. And if you want to be one of those people that uh, helps keep the lights on and helps this podcast turn, and it's super simple, uh, link at the end of every single podcast, click on that, put in some information, and uh, you can donate as little as a dollar. And that helps uh, keep this poorly made train rolling. And it's much appreciated. All right. Now, with that said, let's get to our band, who I played the shit out of on this podcast. And that is Apollo's Army. 
So you can go check them out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And then, uh, of course, all the streaming places. So go check out their shit. And uh, the first song we're going to play is a new song by them. And then we'll have four different songs throughout the podcast. And their new song that's not even fucking out yet, so you guys are lucky, is a song called I'm Taking Mine. And we'll be right back with the first court case. sound my cat just made all right welcome to the second edition of the blue falcon court slash poorly made police memes court now folks we have three cases to be heard the famous prosecutor holding two dicks is uh he's got some charges against uh i've been jerking off and so he's trying to bring him to justice so there's three separate cases that we're going to hear from mr two dicks Mr. Tudix, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. It's freezing ass here. And uh, Mr. Jerkinoff, how are you? I'm a lot better now, Your Honor. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so the uh, the first uh, case we're going to go with is uh, there just seems to be a dispute over proper music when working out. Is that correct, Prosecutor Tudix? Oh, absolutely, uh, Your Honor. His... His music selection is trash. Okay. So for the folks playing along at home, uh, this is the poorly made police memes court. Everything's made up and not real. So each side will have uh, opening statements. They'll be able to, you know, have, um, fuck me. I haven't been to court in a while. I don't remember what the shit is called. Uh, you'll be able to state, they'll be able to state their case. Uh, there will be one question that either party can ask of the other after they state their case. And then I will come with my findings and we'll go from there. So let's go ahead and start with the first court case. Mr. Tudix, do you have any opening statements? I do, Your Highness. I mean, Your Majesty. Um, You're not helping yourself. <laughs> uh, starting off, I've um, spent a lot of time working out with Mr. Jurganoff and uh He's decided to let me in on all the music that he listens to. And uh, for whatever reason, his uh, music selection and my wife's music selection are uh, drastically similar, and it's very concerning. He listens to music such as um, Doja Cat, and I can't even pronounce the name, Saweetie or something like that. Embarrassing! Exactly, exactly. And uh, this individual will <clears throat> lift weights to music like this. And it's just absolutely tragic because from my point of view, if you listen to the proper music, such as um, some metal or some depressing music or something like that, um, you could unleash some, I would say, inner demons while you're lifting. And uh, you just get a far better workout. And uh, for those reasons, Your Honor, um, his music selection selection is trash. Okay, Mr. Jerkinoff, do you have yes. 
opening statement. Go ahead. I absolutely do. Um, I've spent a lot of time with two dicks and uh, in that, you know, we've had quite a bit of, uh, of time to work out together and hit the weights and go to the gym and stuff like that. And uh, his wife does join in and whoa 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 um, <laughs> whoa ah, okay. you're you got to say you object if you're gonna interrupt me i i object no i continue continue this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> and in uh you know in that listening to the same type of music um both myself and his wife have gotten a lot more out of it than uh two dicks has and so um, that's going to be the basis of my argument here. Definitely music selection plays a role in the amount you get in the participation with two dicks. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. The, the judge has to take a sip of yingling. Oh, I'm jealous. Okay. Prosecutor, two dicks. You may proceed with your case. Well, Your Honor, I, I will say this, that uh, although... Uh, Mr. Jerganoff may or may not lift more weights than me as far as weight goes. Um, I have gotten drastically stronger since I started listening to uh, the proper music. And uh, I, I do look up to, to Mr. Jerganoff in the gym. However, I just feel like I'm taking leaps and bounds forward. And uh, he is not. He's stagnant. He was just... Uh, <laughs> uh, saying a certain message to me via text and uh, that brings me to my first item of evidence your honor may I uh, submit item a into evidence sure go ahead and dm me that I, I oh I don't think I have the screenshot <laughs> saved I don't want to dig through it but uh, basically so what you're <laughs> telling me is you're coming to court unprepared <laughs> uh, uh, no uh, I, I have it somewhere embarrassing Oh, I'm sorry. It was via it was via Snapchat. Your uh, Honor, yes. I don't have yes. it. But Mr. Jurganoff sent me a Snapchat saying that he was quote chonky and he'd only been working out for one week and he's expecting I object. results. I object, uh, Your Honor. Defense, go ahead. What's your motion to object? Um, this is all hearsay since he has no valid evidence that this actually occurred. You are absolutely correct. Sit the fuck down. You may continue <laughs> prosecution. <laughs> oh my god! I was joking. Uh, Your Honor, I, I just I rest my case. I think no no other statements need to be made regarding the matter. Okay, uh, Ivan Two Dicks, you may proceed. Ivan Two Dicks. Or <laughs> well, sorry, I got confused. No. Yeah, no, I've been I've been jerking jerking off. off. Yeah, yeah. You may, you may uh, continue with your defense. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, first off, I understand where Two Dicks is coming from, um, Holden, if you will. Um, but this argument is not based on personal preference of what music you enjoy listening to. This is strictly based on the uh, level of gains, if you will, that you can achieve based on what music you listen to in the gym. Um, so I actually have three items of evidence that I'd like to submit to you. Um, and we'll chalk them up as items, uh, uh, exhibit one, two, and three. Okay. And so these are actually going to be pictures of, uh, uh, Holden's wife. <laughs> and, um, oh my God. 
Connor. What's your objection? That he's a SWAT douchebag and doesn't <laughs> send you pictures of my wife. She's cute, bro. <laughs> Okay, what what is the purpose of the pictures of his wife, sir? Um, you can see that she's obviously very fit. You look at uh, Exhibit 2 specifically. Um, <laughs> there is a, a male subject there um, on the deadlift rack with approximately 185 pounds. Um, and a beautiful mustache. There is a lot of power in the mustache. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's not part of the argument, but I would say that that's probably where the power from the deadlift is coming from. Um, however, just based on this photo alone, he listens to depressing music that provides him with no motivation. Objection, Your and... Honor. What's your, <laughs> what's your objection? <laughs> Can't in object recent, everything I say. In, in recent weeks, I, I've started deadlifting like 315 for, for several reps, and I'm doing much, much better. So I'm this objecting his objection out of context. The, the court will take this into consideration. By the way, Mr. Jerkinoff, if you've ever been to court, the, everything ever gets objected. The sky is blue. Like, objection! I object his objection. Yes. Mr. Jerkinoff, you may continue. Okay, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, my argument, based, basically from Exhibit 2, is uh, Mr. Uh, Tudyk's arm is uh, actually smaller than his wife's if you look at the photo and there's pure <laughs> photographic evidence Christ, that is that sir that is ice cold ice cold <laughs> i object for him <laughs> and this is uh uh i rest my case with that note okay now i have to be completely fair and honest mr two dicks i and uh, mr jerkinoff i kind of fucked up because i didn't allow any cross-examination so <laughs> because my court is is fucked up and wrong we're gonna go ahead and backtrack a little bit so okay. mr jerkinoff do you have any questions for mr Tudix? or one question one question um T today, my, question Junior? To, <laughs> my, my question uh is to confirm what he had previously stated and simple uh who can deadlift more Tudix or Jurgenoff? Mr. Jurgenoff can lift more, I will admit. However, you also have the right to not uh, criminal criminalize yourself. Crimination, Fifth Amendment. So you have the right to shut up. Is basically what you got. So, so what you should have done is you said I plead the fifth before you answered. Okay. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. <laughs> All right, and now Mr. Tudix, do you have any questions for Ivan? Jerkinoff. I do, Your Honor. Mr. <laughs> Jerkinoff, um, do you recall um, how many weeks ago it was that I had done one rep with 315? Uh, not specifically, no. Can you give a generalized timeline, Mr. Jerkinoff? Um, six months ago? Okay. And uh, <laughs> just this week during, during leg day, can you recall um, how, how easily I can lift 315 now due to my music selection and, uh, and proper um, motivation in the gym? Uh, Mr. Tudix, I would call for speculation and I actually can't do that. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> okay, I'm gonna end this horse horse shit right now. Now, here's the thing. Um, there's gonna be there's gonna be two rulings on this case. Okay, the first ruling is that the prosecution has literally given no evidence of what the music is. Actually, you did. You did. You said it was like uh, you did in opening statements, but not during uh, what would be admissible in court during evidence. So you never put into any kind of evidence what kind of music (laughs) is being listened to. So therefore, because of your shitty case, you lost. However, (laughs) the judge is going to going to ask some questions. Mr. Jerkinoff, what kind of music do you listen to? And when you're working out um <clears throat> i have a wide array of music i actually listen to and uh part of that would include the um quote-unquote ratchet music that two dicks is referring to um but it's also mixed in with um nwa ice cube uh different kinds of rap um so fellas that don't metal. like the cops you listen to the music with fellas that don't like the cops yeah, exactly yeah that's that's the guys yep okay good very good now, Mr. Two Dicks, what does what is ratchet music? I don't even know what that is. Could you please explain to the court what that is? I would classify it as music that uh, paints a poor image of uh, of women. Um, being tactful with that, I object uh, to this. Such as I don't care. Go ahead, Two Dicks. Oh uh, fuck! A uh, fucking uh, objection again. I'm going to mute you if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think a perfect example would be something like an artist like Nicki Minaj. Anything that comes out of her mouth would be considered ratchet ratchet music from my point of view. Okay, Mr. Jerkinoff, have you ever listened to Nicki Minaj while working out? Um, I'm assuming maybe at some point. I couldn't specifically give you an accurate time for that, however. <laughs> okay based based on that admission alone you should you should have sound pre-recorded no not at all um (laughs) you should lose the case because that is fucking embarrassing now i would like to add one more thing when you're ready go ahead all i'm gonna say is uh lizzo is uh is one of the artists that has come across my playlist a time or two and uh it's she's 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 fairly hefty <laughs> she's she's fairly hefty however she's extremely confident in her body <laughs> and she is uh quote unquote a bad bitch now for being chunky. quote unquote quote unquote a bad bitch and sometimes you just got to get down with that when you're making some serious gains. And unfortunately, Tudix doesn't know what that's like. Uh, Mr. Tudix, what kind of music do you listen to when you're working out? It would be uh, music such as uh, Marilyn Manson yeah. and uh, just just heavier metal music. <clears throat> Tell them the truth. What do you Tell mean? Tell me the truth. The truth. Mr. Mr. Jerkinoff, what does he actually listen to? He listens to extremely depressing country music. No. Give your balls not... a hug, you Ted fucker. 
I, I would say another good example is like some five finger death punch. I can get down with some five finger while you're working out. Okay, so here's what the court here's what the court finds. Um, Mr. Tudix, you were a terrible prosecutor. <laughs> and there is no reason that Mr. Jerkinoff should have won because listening to that type of music, as the peanut gallery had mentioned, is fucking embarrassing. But because of the poor prosecution, you were found innocent, but you should be guilty. So uh, basically, it's, uh, you know, in football where there's two flags, pick them both up and it's a replay. It's still first down, first and 10. We're going to have to go ahead to the next court case. So everybody stand by for number two. Hold on a second, though. Before we go to the next court case, now, in the terms of blue falconing, sending a picture of somebody else's <laughs> wife to a rando. Total fuck, right? So I do find you guilty of that, sir. I do yeah, I find you guilty that. of that. I accept that. Yeah, I'm going to have to edit that in. Okay. <laughs> that's that is pretty, pretty that's a low blow. that's a low blow yeah, bro. i do feel bad i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah god damn that's so funny that's oh <laughs> low low Okay, now, boys and girls, we're going to move on to court case number two. I'm not going to explain the rules again because that would be ridiculous. Now, Mr. Two Dicks, are you going to – I hope you're going to present a little bit better case this time. Last Uh, one was a little rough, man. Act like you've been here before. Mediocre expectations yield mediocre results, Your Honor. You know that's right. Okay. (laughs) Well, with that said – you may begin your opening statements for case number two. All right. So in uh, Mr. Jurganov and I's uh, working relationship, uh, we somehow have developed a way of speaking to each other through movie quotes, quotes of, from SNL and uh, just all around random quotes from YouTube videos. So it's, it's a big part of our, our working relationship. And um, Mr. Jurganoff has never watched the TV show, The Office. And in our relationship with it being based off movie quotes, Your Honor. And sharing pictures of your wife. Yeah, what a fuck. <laughs> Necessities. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we've just been missing out on a wonderful opportunity to to quote the wonderful uh, show, The Office. And Mr. Jurganoff fails to watch The Office, even though all of our fr- members of our friend group are trying to force him to watch it. And he just continues to push it off. However, Mr. Jurganoff will make constant quotes of random movies that I don't know and uh, continues to push them on me, which... That would make this kind of a wash. However, no normal person watches the movies that Mr. Jurganoff tries to quote to me. Okay, the, the judge will decide that, sir. Uh, Mr. Jurganoff, you may proceed with your opening statements if you shall choose. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so 
obviously the office is a fairly popular tv show um a few people have seen it i rest my uh, case your honor <laughs> a few people have seen it and you're gonna fucking uh, lose again i'm not gonna let you rest your case because you did it too early last time you're always coming too early and it's a problem for everyone. <laughs> it's true. Premature justice, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure he knows what resting his case means, to be honest. No. Mr. Jurgenhoff. Um, yeah, a few people have seen the show. However, um, I've never, I have never, I have attempted to watch it um, in my lifetime. And there's uh, almost zero entertainment value in it. Um, and when I bring up that debate amongst friends, they always tell me that I have to power through the first season and then it gets better. Um, so in my opinion, I just think that if it's a good show, I shouldn't have to fight through the episodes to get it to where it's uh, tolerable. And uh, as far as me quoting movies, I'm not really sure what he's uh, referring to. So we'll have to we'll have to address that at some point. Um, he may be he may be perjuring himself uh, here in court. <laughs> might be we wouldn't want that to happen okay uh prosecutor du- douchebag C- prosecutor <laughs> you may proceed with your case sticks. Banner, i would like to submit two items of evidence okay uh the first is going to be the total number of viewership of the office which is six million viewers um which is throughout all of the seasons Okay. Uh, Mr. Jerkinoff, do you have any objections to this being entered in the evidence? Uh, no, Your Honor. Okay. All right. Uh, exhibit A, 6 million viewers has been accepted by the court. And um, my item B would be a screenshot of Mr. Michael Scott himself uh, flashing his finger underneath a trench coat. <laughs> Okay, any objections, Mr. Jerkinoff? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Tudix, uh, B, uh, evidence marker number B is in the evidence. Go ahead. Okay, Your Honor. So with 6 million people watching this show all the way through, uh, I think this gives a, a fairly decent example of uh, how popular the show is. And how even if uh, Mr. Jurgenoff doesn't like the show at the start of it, he should at least watch the entire thing and then pass his judgment. And for referencing um, item number or item B of my evidence, uh, there is a screenshot of Michael Scott sticking his finger through his pants and uh, making like a flashing gesture. With this being said, this is just one example of multiple uh, things that I could quote and have endless hours of, of fun and uh, entertainment value during our shifts if Mr. Jurgenoff would just watch the show. And moving forward from that, uh, Mr. Jurgenoff and I have spent a substantial amount of time together on shift and off duty, and all of our friends are consistently quoting The Office, and uh, Mr. Jurgenoff is left. Um, confused and, and frustrated and if he is to watch the office he uh, would no longer be frustrated and i believe our friendship would uh would prosper okay uh do you have any additional statements or evidence you'd like to bring in i do not okay 
Mr. Jerkinoff, do you have a question for two dicks? Um, yes. I'm going to start the question with a statement. Um, from a simple internet search, The Office was aired from 2005 to 2013. Um, and you do the math, that's eight years. If it is such a popular uh, show, Mr. Two Dicks, why was there only 6 million views for eight years, less than a million per year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, Mr. Two Dicks, I do have some questions for you. Go ahead. So these 6 million viewers, is that of the United States or of the world? Uh, my screenshot does not say. It was, it was poor... Poor preparation on my part, Your Honor. Okay. Well, that's we're used to that. <laughs> what do you know what the population of the United States is? I believe it's in the three hundred million. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, if I have more, I'll think of it later. But uh, Mr. <laughs> Jerkin. Oh, wait, I did have a question. Um, yeah. What are the what are the obscure movies that Mr. Jerkinoff references? A prime example of this would be the School of Rock. The Mr. Jerkinoff consistently quotes this movie, and it leaves our entire friend group scratching their head. <laughs> and okay. I believe all of us have seen the movie uh, School of Rock. However, it was not good enough to quote the entire thing. Yeah, well, maybe it was good enough for him. Do you ever think of that? Do you ever think about his feeling? No, no, I don't. Obviously. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Jerkinoff, you may continue with your case. Thank you. Side note, have you seen School of Rock, Your Honor? It's been a long time, but it wasn't really okay. noteworthy. Oh, careful. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> okay a few things i want to touch back on uh the time frame uh, of when the movie or when the show was aired um being that uh mr holden two dicks here argues that it is uh of quality and it's a great show and that i need to watch it and um you know basically free advertisement for all of them uh why why would it only air for eight years and it hasn't haven't made a new episode in in almost a decade 10 years of this that you know all of the all the head honchos at you know the showmaker people whoever they are decided that it wasn't good enough to continue were they not making enough money did we all come to the conclusion that it's stupid and pointless you know these are the things that that we need to be need to be asking and uh Obviously, if it was a good show, there would still be new episodes coming out. And then uh, turning back, I don't think that um, Mr. Tudix here is also uh, very prepared for this either, um, because I literally just Googled these things about two minutes ago and have more information than he does. (laughs) So Taking shots, I like it. Yeah. Also, um, Mr. Tudix, oh, I can't ask questions here. Um, The show actually started in Britain um ricky gervais was the lead in it ricky gervais Um, i'm pretty ricky gervais i'm pretty sure that um mr two dicks was unaware of this information 
And that's all I got to say about that. Mr. Two Dicks, is that true? That you didn't know it was a basically a, a remake? Um, I actually did know that, Your Honor. Well, that's, I mean, it's basically hearsay. There's no way to prove it. Um, lying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Two Dicks, do you have any questions for Mr. Jerganoff? I do, Your Honor. Um, Mr. Jerganoff, do you believe that uh, all great things must come to an end? Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> that already happened. We're through. <laughs> um, yes. <clears throat> then I, I would have to say that uh, The Office had to come to an end. And in terms of TV shows, mm. or especially in today's day and age, they last like one year. Eight years is a pretty damn good run for a TV show. Yeah, now, Mr. Jerkinoff... <laughs> so sentimental. You, yeah, he did. He got like really a little <laughs> soft about that, for being honest. A uh, weird. That's a little weird. Mr. Jerkinoff, have you ever seen the TV show Parks and Recreation? I've seen a few here and there, yes. Okay, so you haven't watched that show all the way. Correct. Okay. What about Breaking Bad? Have you seen that show from start to finish? I, was just I have not. Hmm. Okay. I can't say shit because it took me 10 <clears throat> years to watch it. I can say I've seen all of Sons of Anarchy, though. Cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> what about a good show, though? Have you seen any good shows all the way through, or? Um. Yeah, what's the Lock and Key? I don't even know what that is. Dude, it's pretty. Okay. It's pretty is badass. We, what are you telling me, though? Something? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Mr. Jurganoff just quoted Lock and Key, which is a perfect example of a TV show that he pushes on me that no one cares about. I've never <laughs> even heard of it. Exactly, Your Honor. <laughs> now, Mr. Jerkinoff, are there any comedy TV series that you enjoy watching? <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> oh, you just scored some fucking brownie points there. Hey, you Your Honor. Saved, saved I turned Mr. Jerkinoff onto the Trailer Park Boys. It was me. <laughs> hey, give him his ribbon. I just wanted to make sure you weren't like a fucking square that sends pictures of people's wives to randos. Um, so I believe that the, the court is ready to, to come to a decision on this. I would argue that Mr. Jerkinoff had a better case. However, do you just watch the first season? It's really funny after that. I find you guilty. Oh, <laughs> the fuck! The great fucking show, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Yes, I'll just skip to season two, I guess. No, but you gotta watch season one, so you you got it. You understand everything. Yeah, there's a story to it. Yeah, it's a whole. Oh, there's God. all these arcs and stories, man. The first season does suck. I mean, but me and <laughs> I remember watching it years ago with my wife, and we're like, this sucks, but. Once you get past the first season, it's it's gold. So, all right, <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the reason I brought up Parks and Rec is that's kind of the same way too. Is the first season of that show blew ass, and then it got considerably better. Okay, gotcha. All right, <laughs> we will take a very short music break, and then we will be right back with their third court case. All right, how do you guys think that one went? That was way better. <laughs> 
you're fucking you should never go to law school <laughs> yeah. yeah dude you're the fucking worst yeah. yeah it's hard going first it is hard going first i mean we really could uh miss jerking off could go first on this one it i mean it doesn't really matter yeah let's, yeah, do, that. let's do that yeah let's do that we're gonna switch okay. it up a little bit Although I said at the beginning that you brought him up on three cases, but nobody's paying attention, right? True. It's poorly made, right? It is poorly made. <laughs> all right. I'm probably going to leave all of this in because it's funny. In final hearing between these two douchebags, we're going to do a little little swap in here. Not the kind of swapping these two guys do, apparently. But um, <laughs> Mr. Jerkinoff. Uh, going to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, yeah, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> Mr. Jerkinoff is going to be uh, the prosecutor on this case. And uh, Mr. Tudix will be the defense. Now, Mr. Jerkinoff, you may proceed with your opening statements about this very serious case. Thank you. Thank you. As the, uh, you know, your honor and the jury are aware of, um, law enforcement deal with tasers. Um, and among that, um, the X-26 specifically is an older model now. Um, however, it's what we still use. And with she's that, a beautiful old girl, she's old faithful for sure. With that, uh, there's a there's a the option on the taser to remove the cartridge so you can drive stun people. And a drive stun is when you basically pull the trigger on the taser and it's zapping and you push it into somebody to cause local pain. That being said, spoken like a true cop. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Good point. Good point. Uh, that being said, Mr. Tudix, um, bringing him on charges of, uh, being a rat, if you will. <laughs> um, and in the situation I was, uh, I was being attacked. Um, we were on duty in, in the, uh, in the briefing room. And, uh, I was being both verbally and physically assaulted at the time while sitting in a wheeling chair. Uh, Mr. Tudix was being very aggressive towards me. Um, uh, he's, he slapped my phone down while I was listening to the poorly made podcast. Um, in defense of that, I took his hat and I threw it out of the briefing room. Um, and then he started pushing me at that point. He was pushing my, my leg and I was starting to retreat to gain distance, to get away from him so that he wouldn't hurt me. And he was, uh, calling me things, uh, that were very vulgar and um is this stuff that you're gonna want to put into your your case because this is opening statements and you're just kind of rambling on here like like a bad victim when you go to a call and they keep making up shit like (laughs) something yeah i'll close it up here we got this hold on um anyway i drew my taser and removed the cartridge to defend myself and told him i was going to tase him and he quote said do it fucking tase me unquote (laughs) 
<laughs> on this point, uh, the cartridge was removed and I held it at his leg and I said I was going to do it. And he again said, quote, do it, pussy, unquote. At this point, I pulled the trigger on the taser and was arcing it next to his leg. The arc jumped to his leg and zapped him. I shut it off and we went, uh, one, we couldn't breathe because we were laughing so hard because it's fucking hilarious. And two, uh, immediately after that, he decided that we needed to call LT and tell him what happened. And I disagreed. I felt that we could not say anything because we we're both screwing around and we can just carry on our lives. Um, and I think that, uh, I stand by that. Okay. Now, uh, Mr. Tudix, you may have your opening statements, which is hopefully not a ramble session like your other guy here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm falling asleep here. A majority of what he said, uh, was true. However, <laughs> um, what, what happened once the, uh, taser was drawn is, is a little different. Uh, Basically, I started to wheel towards him. He drew his taser, and then I started to comply. And then the uh, Mr. Jurganov decided to wheel forward towards me. And then I said, tase me. I want you to. And then he decided to tase me. And I believe that uh, the correct thing to do would, would be to tell the lieutenant. And one thing that uh, was left out in this... Uh, situation is there was another unnamed individual in the room and um witnessed the whole thing therefore it would never remain silent everyone would know and as you know all too well your honor in law enforcement if you lie you die copy that all right uh mr jerkinoff even though we heard the whole fucking story already you want to go ahead and proceed with uh, your case absolutely I feel that um, as far as the last statement goes, um, I agree. If you lie, you die. However, there's some things that just don't need to be brought up. And every, uh, every agency, every officer is going to come across those things. Um, for example, if you leave your taser or a piece of notepaper or something on a car and drive off, you come back and you get it. Problem solved, no issue. Mr. Tudix was not injured. Nobody was injured. There were no other issues. Uh, we laughed about it. It was funny. He's aggressive. There was no problem. <laughs> <He's aggressive>. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I felt it unnecessary to run it up the chain of command as those things can be addressed on a squad level and enter officer, if you will. Um, whereas, uh, Mr. Tudix here decided to fly out of his blue nest and uh, <laughs> and uh, proceed down that road. Okay. Now, well, actually, no, scratch that. <laughs> who is the one who got, okay, so you got, you were the one that got tased, right? I, Tudix. Tudix no, got, got tased. Okay. So who slapped the phone out of their hand while they were listening to the poorly made podcast that did not happen. Tudix. Tudix. <laughs> you did did you not close my phone while my phone was open <clears throat> i don't believe he lies listening to the pm pm podcast put him out of the lobby he lied <laughs> <laughs> okay all right this is very unprofessional okay now um 
Mr. Two Dicks, do you have any cross-examination questions for Mr. Jerkinoff? Yes. Were you, uh, Mr. Jerkinoff, were you backing up in your chair when this occurred? Or were yes. you wheeling towards me? I was in reverse. Back it up, Terry! <laughs> oh, no, Terry! The, the uh, witness is, is lying, Your Honor. I'm not a witness. I'm the prosecution. <laughs> the douchebag <laughs> is lying, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, in moving forward. Um, no, I was moving backwards. What, what's what's the uh, what's the why do these questions? What what are you trying to get out here? <laughs> Just trying to clear up that the uh, the prosecution is lying in court. <laughs> Over going back or forward, what relevance does it have to the case? It shows who was the true aggressor at the time a weapon was introduced. Yeah, okay. All right. You know you're fucked when the judge ejects you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now. Mr. Jerkinoff, was there another party in the room that was witness to this activity? Yes. Okay. Is this a trustworthy party? Yes. <laughs> Is that I think you meant to say objection. Oh, yeah, objection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your objection? I don't know if I want to dime myself out here uh, because our agency is very small, but uh, this officer did not have very much time on the road. Mm, okay. Okay. Interesting. All right, Mr. Two Dicks, you may proceed with your case. <laughs> so the whole situation, we can go back and forth on, on what happened. However, the reason we're here this evening is, whether I was a blue falcon or not by <laughs> forcing um, Mr. Jurganoff to, to tell the lieutenant. And I believe with law enforcement being an honorable profession that when you fuck up, you got to tell someone. And part of having that uh, internal compass of morality, you, you have to fess <laughs> up for things that can easily fly under the radar. Do I recognize that we could have brushed it under the rug and no one would have ever known. Yes. However, uh, doing the honorable thing was, was to tell the LT and uh, that's what we did. And, and uh, it, it seemed to have worked out thus far. Um, and that's really all that I have to say as far as I'm not a blue Falcon because I did the right thing and I did not create more work for anyone. Except for our memos. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. Memos are rough. <laughs> now, do you guys or Mr. Tudix, does your brass download your tasers ever? They do. However, with the X twenty six, it's not as much data as you would get from, say, the X two or the Taser seven. Um, so they they download them, and by policy, we're supposed to spark test our tasers every shift. And everyone kind of does it sporadically, so it it could have flown under the radar. Okay. By the way, let's talk real quick. This has nothing to do with the case. The X twenty six, if you still have one of those, fucking spark check it because it helps with the battery life. Yeah. And if you don't, 100%. your shit will fucking die and is funny as shit. But anyway. <laughs> okay. So the court 
Actually, I didn't give you your turn. Um, Mr. Jerkinoff, do you have any questions for two dicks? No, I'm good. Okay. The court has came. Came. The court has not came. Lucky. Uh, the court has come to, that sounds just as bad, to a conclusion. <laughs> and the court finds in the favor of two dicks. <laughs> not after that um, and, and the reason the court does is because of the witness in the room i don't think you really have a choice in that at that point i mean that's all-time blackmail too even if it's somebody that is quote-unquote trustable had it been just you two jerking off your, each other i think uh <laughs> jerking off two dicks <laughs> yeah i mean if you're gonna do it you might as well go for two right <laughs> don't half-ass it um man why did i keep having dreams about going skiing but anyway <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if uh if no one else was around i would say eh, fuck it it was a spark check but based on um but i i do believe in the uh the lie you die and a witness so mm-hmm. i have to go in favor of the defense on this case thank you <laughs> We'll either be back with uh, more court cases or I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. All right. I'm going to pause it real quick, boys. Actually, before I do that, I uh, I do appreciate you guys taking the time this evening to be embarrassed for about an hour here. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Gave yeah. me an excuse to drink some beers. Hell yeah, brother. All <laughs> right. Uh, I will be right back. And now a poorly made police memes special bulletin, a book report on the movie that Ben from Thoughts of a Patrol Officer told me to watch, 137 Shots. He's here now so we can talk about this case. How are you, pal? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing today? Good, man. How does it feel to be right back on the podcast already? It seemed like the other day we were cuddled up. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that uh, it was the honor of a lifetime the other day. And to be able to repeat that, I don't know if I'll I'll be able to match this for as long as I live. It's probably similar to like, you know, when your kids are born and when they, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Totally the same. It's, it's totally the same. Yeah. So you're either following up Blue Falcon Court or at the beginning of Blue Falcon Court. I haven't decided and it's poorly made. So there you go. <laughs> Speaking of Blue Falcons, um, I know this guy that tried to get me to do a podcast when I was having dinner with my kids one time. You're dick. Stop crying, man. <laughs> I sent him a message. I was like, hey, dude, you want to come on? He's like, I'm having dinner. Jesus Christ. We live in different states. How the fuck am I supposed to know? And by the way, yeah. that is a late dinner time. Who eats dinner that late? It's seven o'clock. You eat dinner at seven o'clock? Well, I work out after work and then we have dinner. And my daughter had it practices. Stuff happens. Okay. How many? Yeah. How many? How many? How many pounds on your squat? Was it like 500? Right. Uh, 515 is my all-time max. Look at you. Anyway, yeah. the reason we're here and not shit-talking each other is to kind of shit-talk the Cleveland Police Department. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, not the entire Cleveland Police Department. So in the podcast we did, a, what, two weeks ago, a week ago, we talked, or you talked about this uh, documentary that's on Netflix Clicks. called 137 Shots. Mm-hmm. And... If you're not familiar, watch it. You can pause this and go watch it or watch it afterwards or whatever. I will. It's 
there's for me there wasn't enough questions answered but it wasn't geared towards a cop like a cops what i was thinking about what was going on it's more geared towards being angry at the police is what this uh, documentary is geared toward am i are we tracking the same there no i i 100 agree it's it definitely has that filter over it from a uh uh, anti-police activist yes. kind of point of view yes however the that pursuit was fucked yeah like i what i tell people when i encourage them to watch it i say this is definitely slanted like an anti-police thing but the people in it didn't do themselves any favors so you, there's still plenty to take from it even if you understand it comes from a slant there's a lot to watch well some guys did do themselves a favor because they were talking in the documentary like yeah some cops in the pursuit because there was a like 60 some cars involved at one point like dropped out because they're like this is ridiculous they did themselves a favor so yeah i I guess we'll just kind of chronologically we'll go through the whole thing and if you listen to this before you watch it sorry so basically this car takes off from the cops Right in front of a Cleveland, in front of the Cleveland headquarters, I guess. And the two guys were at headquarters and they heard what they thought was a gunshot, which I guess was probably proven to be the car was backfiring. Now, yeah, it, was, it was 100% proven. Yeah. It, it, if I could give a, a really fast synopsis for the people that have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. It was a pursuit. I think it was 2012 yeah. in the city of Cleveland. And it wasn't just Cleveland Police Department. It was like Metro. It, it was in and out of the city multiple times where they were pursuing a vehicle. We'll get into the details of that in a moment. Over 60, ve- over 60 cruisers were involved in the pursuit. There was 137 shots ref- uh, that were fired during this pursuit that ended in two people getting killed. And some crazy things that happened at the very end of the pursuit. So that's kind of where we're starting at. Yeah, I, I think that's important to note. My question to you when we were recording, I was like, well, why didn't they stop? And what came up in that documentary is a UC, an undercover dude, stopped him. Didn't call it out, is my understanding. Didn't call it out. Didn't do anything you normally would do and walked away from the car and it took off what happened in that interaction is unknown because this is like pre-body cameras and stuff and in the documentary it says that this cop when initially questioned about it he told them two or three times no i didn't stop this car and then when they pulled surveillance they're like no you fucking stopped this car then he came up with his account of what happened is that right i i think that's accurate and then the other, and I think after he finally admitted to it, he said that they were like not compliant or he, they were acting like they might have a weapon. So he decided he, I think in the video, the surveillance video, he did approach the vehicle and then he walked back to his car. It wasn't a situation where it looked like he was beating somebody or something like that. There was a really strange thing that happened. And then the car, which was an old cutlass something like that yeah Yeah, it ends up just taking off like a bat out of hell and he's like i didn't call this in i'm not even here i'm just gonna turn left and pretend this didn't happen yeah it goes flying by the other officers and i think that's the first point i wanted to bring up i don't know how it is where you work but 
guys will stop cars and not call it out. I think that is incredibly stupid, personally. I, I think anytime you're doing anything, because you don't know, well, you, I think you brought it up. No, actually, it was a guy last on my last podcast, and he brought up a great point. Guys that do traffic stops, they don't know that the person that they stop is going to shoot them, right? Mm-hmm. So call your shit out. I don't, everybody has their lame ass excuse why they're not going to call it out. <laughs> Fucking call your shit out. I get if you have a computer and you can on-site it, at least mm-hmm. that's something. But I, I think it's safer to call it out. But not calling it out fucked everybody else on this too. Yeah, well, and there's a thing about a lot of plainclothes guys that they haven't been the police for a very long time or they haven't worked in uniform patrol in a very long time. So they kind of forget some of the very basic things that you're supposed to do. And that might be why he wasn't calling out his traffic stop. That could be. And I know, I know RUCs would do shit like that, but they were generally working like a on team. a different channel or as yeah. a team. So somebody knew what was going on. Yeah. I mean, every time that I, I've seen, I've never seen a, well, we don't have plane cars that have, um, that are kitted out with lights. The only people that have those are like SWAT guys that have to drive to scenes. to kick on their lights to get someplace. Every time I've ever seen plainclothes guys doing things, they're working in groups and they've got guys calling out cars and then they'll follow it. And then they'll have a, um, like a, a regular patrol car do the stop for them or, if it's a situation like SWAT where they're going to covertly try to take somebody down, they'll swoop in on that car. And <laughs> there's no question that you're being stopped. You know what I mean? It's like eight cars surrounding this vehicle. It's not one guy out there lone wolf in it in a, in an unmarked car. Yeah. So whatever this dude did was like the catalyst to why that car didn't stop, which is kind of unknown to this because you said they kind of explained why they didn't stop i didn't it wasn't really explained to me why they didn't stop i i kind of went with that dude did something or said something to them during that stop or maybe he saw them doing something and they're like oh shit we're fucked because of that i think is a safe assumption but we don't know exactly what that was yeah i think he made an approach and then they took off and he was just like all right i'm not pursuing i'm gonna get out out of dodge yeah so, so whatever happened there, who knows? Now, the second part of this is so right after this happens, probably within a minute or two, they fly by the police station. A couple dudes are, I don't know, getting in into their car, getting out of their patrol car, and they hear a backfire, which they think is a gunshot coming at them. Yes. And that's which, what starts the pursuit. And that's another thing that people, this is one of those issues that pisses me off worse than just about anything like there's a difference between you hear a gunshot and somebody is shooting at you if you've ever been shot at you know that difference um it's have you ever been shot at uh i've had guns pulled out on me uh i have not been shot at but i've have heard ever... enough gunfire I, w- I was actually going to bring up one point okay about that because i'm not going to totally say oh there's no way you couldn't mistake it Depending on the, I'm going to use a big word here, the, um, oh shit, like the way the sound's manipulated between buildings and shit, I think sometimes mm-hmm. that can cause an issue. For instance, I thought one time I was taken on fire because I heard two within a minute or two, but it was in between these apartment buildings, but I was never sure if it was a gunshot or not. 
Well, I have think you ever, it was, but it could have been it could have been a backfire. Have you ever heard the the crack and sizzle of a round going over your head? I have not. That when you hear it, you realize there's a difference. Like <laughs> there's a very clear difference. And it, it like because that bullet goes tearing through the air with if, if it's anywhere within 20, 30 feet of you you'll hear that that sizzle through the air. I mean, it's hard to describe, but once you hear it, it's absolutely unmistakable. Um, and I also, there's nothing wrong with when you hear gunshots close to you, you can air it. Hey, someone's popping off rounds extremely close to us. Send me some cars. There's a difference between that and a car just drove by and popped off around at us. And that's, that's what started this whole shit show. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second off that initial interaction because and i think sometimes your mind can play tricks on you as you hear a backfire however i'm sure they weren't really paying attention they're paying attention what they whatever they were doing they hear that and then the car speeds off your mind could in my opinion could easily go towards that was a gunshot and they're fucking speeding out of here i'm not saying i'm just i'm throwing that out there i'm out of everything that happened in that pursuit, that wasn't even like close to the worst thing. No, that's correct. I was disputing whether or not they were being shot at, or they just heard a gunshot. Ex- yeah. I think there's a oh, distinction that needs to be made there. I think, I think so too. And I think what you brought up a great point too, is if you're not sure, don't, don't panic on the radio. Just call out what, like that time where I thought maybe I was getting fired at, but I was like, God, I'm really not sure. This is, it was like the sound just wasn't clear enough to me. All we did was air out like, hey, we think we heard a gunshot. We're checking the area. So people mm-hmm. knew where we were and that it could be serious, but just that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, too, is they made a point to mention in the uh, documentary that the officer that called it out had a history of screaming on the radio, which I have nothing to disprove that. But they also didn't like add any evidence to it. It was just like a little statement they threw in there. Yeah, that's. It's true because we all know those guys that do that. We know that those people exist. Yes. Um, but I do think that if you're going to say that in a documentary, you should provide some evidence that he is one of those people. Yeah. And there was nothing really. They basically just said, oh, yeah, he's one of those people that says shit like that. Um, and that that could have been the attorney for the families of the people that got killed. That was making that claim. Yeah. And that. And that's another important thing to bring up, too, is how many times do you see these like lawsuits come out and there's all these like wild accusations? It's just they're throwing everything at the fucking wall to try and make something stick or it makes the cops sounds bad. And then they always get dismissed because they, they're not proven. It's like, oh, so and so said this and did this. And then it's it's basically like the attorney trying to make a name for the case. Yeah, that's what they do. But yes. Let's not get off the point too much. Yeah, we're off the point. And I know you're a busy guy and you eat lunch or dinner. Uh, too late. So then they get into this wild, crazy pursuit. And it sounds like it was on three different channels. Possibly. Yeah. Because I saw on the bottom of the screen, and this is where they did a really shitty job explaining things, but I kind of pieced it together. Depending on what channel you were listening to the pursuit, you were getting different information. Mm-hmm. A pursuit needs to be on one channel, one channel. And so like some guys were airing out on one channel, like 
they have a gun, they're sticking it out the window, blah, blah, blah. There was one guy on another channel saying, hey, the car is backfiring. I've heard it backfire several times now every time he gives it gas. And then, and even somebody said too that, you know, I see them holding, you know, they don't have a gun. They have a, a soda can or something mm-hmm. like that. But when there's 60 cars in a pursuit and supervisors aren't peeling people off, because let's be honest, I hated our policy that said, well, I don't say exactly what the policy said, but it was, it gave a guideline how many cars should be involved in pursuit. Mm-hmm. I thought that was stupid. I think having enough cars is important, but we've all been in that pursuit where there's like train and 20 cars. You probably yeah. don't need 20 cars. No. And like, like our, our policy is typically three cars in the pursuit and then one additional for each additional body in the vehicle. Yeah. So like that Something like that makes sense. Pursuit. And then everyone else is supposed to shadow or try to stay in the area and be there pro- to provide support once the vehicle is stopped by whatever means they stop the vehicle. Yes. And that's, that's kind of the way it should be. But basically you have this long wild chase with a bunch of cars involved and I get it, man, chasing, being in a chase is fun, but if you're like the, you know, the 30th car in that bitch, you don't even know where the actual, the car is going because you can't even see it. There's so many lights ahead of you. Yeah. You're just following the train. Yeah. So if you're in that type of situation and like the County guys are like, that's a lot of boys right there, (laughs) but the city guys like be smart about that. You're going to, I'll tell you what, I had it not to go way too far off um, because I know you're going to get back to supper, but I, there was a pursuit once and it was kind of one of those train things. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. And so I peeled off and I basically just shadowed it a couple blocks to the South. When the dude turned South and wrecked out, who is the first fucking guy there? Mm -hmm. Be smart, know your streets, know how that shit works. Just saying. Yeah. Well, and this, I don't know know if it's too early to get into it, but it really leads right into some of the questions in the documentary to some of the supervisors that were there. Um, Am I, am I correct that like there was a female sergeant that was like number three or four in the pursuit? Yeah. Remember that? And it is literally her job to manage that pursuit. And, and she did not like, I, I've been in a few and where I work, God, our, our pursuit policy is so strict that you have to know it backwards and forwards. And we all, the supervisors when we have training about it, and this happens occasionally or if we have a, something that was almost a pursuit but it got canceled usually they'll take that as an opportunity for the next couple of days to remind us of what the policy is and it's always they're on the air asking hey how many cars are in line and then they'll say car 94 you are the last car no other cars behind car 94 you know like there's a lot of things that are involved with managing a pursuit and she was just there along for the ride like she forgot she was a supervisor now to play devil's advocate i don't know i mean that's like right when i started being a cop and i feel like things at least in my department kind of tightened down around those times i wonder if back in that that time period it wasn't that way yeah. well it and wasn't maybe, probably so strict yes because probably wasn't so strict but i mean you still like somebody in that somebody out of all those people and i'm sure there was more than one supervisor there Mm -hmm. has to like take command of it like put to me like one of the biggest things was the channel thing why did the pursuits going through three different channels is ridiculous it should be on one channel now if it's going through different jurisdictions and there's not a shared channel that's a problem there should wherever you work you should have like a mutual aid channel 
Well, in like where I work, we call them zones. And if a pursuit starts on zone one and you got four zone one cars on the pursuit and they're passing through other zones, I, I'm pretty sure it stays on the original zone. And anybody who's joining that pursuit is required to get on zone one's air. Like that's, that's the right way to do it. And yeah. And I think there's, but there's always that time where, you know, you found out 14 seconds ago that there's a pursuit coming through your zone. You're doing your best to get in the air and all of a sudden you're on it and you're in a one officer car and you're driving and you can't, (laughs) I mean, some of the radios, the way they're programmed, we have, I don't know how your apartment was. We have like a couple of different models. Yeah. It is a pain in the ass. Some of them, it's hard to switch zones. So you're just driving, you know, and, and the dispatcher is trying to relay what she's heard. And then you got guys talking over the dispatcher. It, it's chaotic to say the least. It can be, but I think it's one of those things you got, you have to do your best to control it. And it, especially after you've been through it and yeah. the, okay, this is going to sound really stupid and lame. Like we practice all these other dumb shit things, practice knowing where shit is on your radio. I had a guy that used to make fun of me. He's like, dude, you never look down on your radio. You just click. And I was like, cause I know where it is. And then anytime he said that I didn't, I fucking like it fucked me up and I couldn't find channels anymore. Cause yeah, I, I just knew how it, like I knew the feel of it. Like I knew where I was going. I didn't have to think twice about it. Well, we have uh, different radios in different cars. And then we also have different computer mounts in different cars that are over top of the radio that dick everything else up too. So that makes I, I can tell you, I can't possibly control that radio and drive at the same time. Like I can't look down and Fair it's, enough. yeah. So it Fair is enough. what it is. Okay. So so the, the pursuit goes on for like 23 miles, 23 minutes, something like that. Speeds of 150 miles per hour, which look, if, if it's legit, like a, somebody shot at a cop, yeah. I'm good with keeping that bitch going. Right. Mm. But there, there's been enough things where somebody should have taken the reins and like slowed it down, you know, and I get pursuits, like not one of those things you can really slow down, but somebody should have taken the reins to get all this information and make, do something better than the screaming that was going on on the radio. So the car basically goes into a neighborhood they weren't going to get out of and comes to a rest. And at that point, they basically had, I don't know what kind of techniques they were using, but it wasn't (laughs) like a high risk stop at all. Like there was a car, a patrol car, like right up, like passenger. Was it like driver window to passenger window? Or it's basically it was like, completely boxed in, I think. They yeah, it was. Of it. Yeah, it was fucked. Like the setup on that, it, and and then there was people behind, like on the backdrop. So there's basically the Cleveland cops were essentially shooting at each other. Um, there was a patrol car, um, right boxed in with it, and then behind it too, there was a couple cops on foot, maybe. And through, I think it was nine cops fired 137 rounds. And somehow they didn't hit each other, but they hit each other's cars though. They hit the fuck out of each other's cars. Even one officer's like, I guess the car that was paired up right next to the suspect vehicle. You know, one of the officers said, I thought the cops in there were dead because it had been hit so many times. Yeah. And that also was what it's what contributed to the number of shots being fired because there were officers whose cars were getting struck and they assumed that those were not police officers that were shooting those rounds. So they continue to shoot back. <laughs> so, yeah, which I'm curious, and this never was said, or I don't know if they could even prove who fired the first shot. And again, we, we talked about sympathetic reactions on the podcast before, but 
you got to know your backdrop and all that good stuff. I get it's dark and all that shit. So there, there's other parts of that too. But again, that's one of those things that like training and paying attention and being uniform in what you do. That the way that car was stopped, it shouldn't happen. I mean, I get shit happens sometimes. Like I saw one in Texas where SWAT dudes got in on this pursuit and they basically came up upon this guy in a parking lot and they ended up being in front of the suspect car and then all the patrol guys were on the back of it and that was fucked because mm. of how that ended. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the you got to try and avoid that shit if you can because that's how cops get killed in crossfire. So they basically they're shooting at each other essentially the the people in the car never had guns towards the end of this old boy one of the cops decides to you know remove himself from potential safety or cover and gets on the hood of the suspect vehicle and fires 49 rounds into the car no (laughs) there's a chance that he mag dumped two mags before jumping on top of the car oh that's true because they said it, he did fire he, 49 total i'm he sorry he fired right. a total of 49 rounds but he definitely jumped on the hood of the car with both feet basically straddling the center line of this the hood of this vehicle and just unloaded directly into these two people that were sitting in the car it's absolutely insane yeah that's what tactic is that and You know, again, like it's one of those things, like if they were and you know, you know me, you know, old Ben here, we're not like cop bashers, but that whole the whole thing was just so fucked. And then that was like the cherry on top of the the fuckery was the dude climbing onto the car and shooting into it, because how could you possibly say that's any sort of police tactic or that it doesn't even make sense why you would do something like that? No. And I remember when this happened. Cause I live in Ohio and ah, like I, and I was a cop at the time, you know, and like the way it came out to us was, Oh, did you hear there was this crazy pursuit up in Cleveland? And it turns out they killed these people and there was no gun in the car. That was the way it was like put out to us. And then like after days go by, someone's like, dude, I heard that somebody jumped up on the hood of the car and started shooting into the windshield. And we we literally thought that this was like, um, you know, fairy tale stuff. Like people were just making shit up and adding it. Like, no, that that really happened. It it blows, it boggles my mind. I still to this day can't understand. Well, and then the cop that, and he's the only guy that ended up getting being charged and then fired, eventually. Well, there was um, others that got fired and got their jobs back. Yes, that's right. Fired and got their jobs back. So. He's the one that did not get his job back. No. And they interviewed him and I'm not trying to be rude, but I just don't see how this dude in just the five minutes of camera time he got was hired by a police department. He didn't seem like he was all there. No, I, I concur with that hundred percent. I don't know how you can like look him in the eyes, have a conversation and be like, yep, I want you to be a police officer on my streets. That's strange. Now, you have to take everything that is in that documentary with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. of who's behind it. And I don't even know who's behind it because then it gets into all, you know, all this other stuff that happened around the country. And they, you know, they do a montage of people at the end that were killed by cops. Yeah. And it, well, it they just... tried to make the documentary about police accountability. 
and they used him as the poster child because he beat the charge. And the thing that they don't really talk about is, well, I don't, I don't even know how many officers fired their guns, but it was a lot. There was a couple that only fired one or two rounds. So it's probably 20 officers that fired. Who knows who killed these people? Um, the reason that this guy wasn't convicted is because they can't prove that he's the one that killed them. And that's not what was conveyed in the, the documentary. They just, they focused on him standing on the hood, firing all those rounds. And then, well, they might've been dead before that. I, they could have been, but I kind of got, and that's an excellent point, but I, I got a different feel from that. And especially from what the judge said um, when he announced that he was not guilty is, well, let's play completely devil's advocate on this is your cop and the information you have, because we're looking at this like eight years later, helicopter view, all this shit, looking past everything that happened. You don't know that it's a backfire. You think that you're being fired upon and you still think you're being fired upon. So you take it upon yourself to end the threat. However unsafe that is. Just because you use shitty tactics doesn't mean it's against the law. Yeah. So, well, and I don't know. There's that. And when people talk about how many rounds, I, don't, I was thinking about this randomly today. Um, and I think I was, I saw something about shooting people in the leg. That's probably what made me think about it. And like people don't realize that deadly force is deadly force. Um, one round is deadly force. 137 rounds is the same level of force. It's just, it is what it is. That's something to consider also. Yeah, that and that's you were more articulate than I was because that was kind of the point I was getting at is yeah, I, I think they but the problem is is how we got to deadly force was through I don't want to say neglect because that's maybe too much, yeah. but it just bad I don't know, just a bunch of fuckery, man. A bunch of like mistakes got to deadly force if one like if a couple things went different it never would have went there like that first dude that stopped the car if he would have been on the up and up about what happened or if guys were getting the information on all the channels like hey this car is backfiring they don't have a gun all this shit i think it dramatically changes what happened or if they didn't just start if they would have just executed a felony stop when the vehicle stopped moving yeah yeah but I think the problem is, is whoever, and this is purely speculation, is whoever took that first shot probably yeah. shot a patrol car. Started a cascade. And it just started everything. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know what to think about this, but in the trial, basically, all most of the other cops involved in this that were called to testify all refused to testify, which cops still have the right to the fr- Fifth Amendment, but it it looked pretty bad. It what do you, what's the optics your take were on bad. That? Well, and and I hate the, that I hate it, but you're absolutely right. Like the optics were bad, but to me, I'm like the uh, way it was described know, to me before I watched it. Th- that was one of the scenes that somebody pointed out from the very get go, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, these Cleveland cops they stuck together, and the prosecutor was so pissed off." Blah blah blah. I get that, but the way I look at it too is. Let's say, let's say I was one of the officers who was almost one of the last people to be involved in this pursuit. And it, it, I was only involved for 30 seconds. It stopped right in front of me. My car took a round. 
and I fired three rounds into the vehicle and then stopped. I think that's, I think most people would think, oh, that officer probably acted in good faith and realized that it was getting out of control. You know what? I don't know. I think that's a reasonable response to what you just experienced. Now, if I were to go and testify that, um, you know, I fired into the vehicle, blah, 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 I'm potentially opening myself up for criminal prosecution as well because I participated in it and I'm testifying to that. And anything that I say in court can be used against me as well. I, that's the best explanation for why I think that would be appropriate, but I don't really know. And I don't know if all the officers that were called to testify were officers that fired their weapons because it's possible that they could have all been swapped out for him at any point in time. Yeah. I'm kind of with you as far as like optically it sure as fuck looked bad. I guess I need a little bit more to understand why or why they didn't, but I would counter anybody that was involved in that. I think at that point, everybody knew what it had, like, you know, who fired what rounds. Cause you had to probably already talk to people and those people lawyered up immediately out of there too. I don't know. It, it didn't paint Cleveland PD in a good light, which look, it was eight years ago. And, um, my own department has been through some really shitty stuff and guys have done some shitty things, but that's like a small percentage of, of the people. This incident, I think just was just so out of hand and so fucking crazy and snowballed so poorly. Well, yeah. and it's, it's a, uh, Hey, it, it might sound callous, but this is a tremendous case study to teach all future police officers and future supervisors kind of what not to do you know this is like a perfect example of when everything goes wrong this is what happens the only thing that could have made this worse is if a couple officers got shot and killed or i mean maybe some kids got run over during the pursuit i this was pretty horrible uh pretty horrible outcome and then oh go ahead buddy no i'll let you because i was going to transition to something else oh yeah the only thing i'll add into that which is like kind of the stereotypical, like, well, they should have complied. If they would have stopped within a minute or two, I don't think everyone would have been so amped up and, and all that shit, right? You have a 23 minute yeah. pursuit, people are going crazy. So there is, I mean, obviously there's some culpability in the fact that they didn't fucking stop, but that's, that's not a, enough reason to me to say that. Well, and like not a death sentence, which I know is like the typical argument, but there was a like a lot of dumb shit that happened in that pursuit. It's just unreal. There was, and and it's not to give the the driver the vehicle an excuse, but and I haven't done this research on my own, but I believe the whole reason for the initial stop from that one guy is he's like a a gang unit slash narcotics guy, and they were in the area of town where you you do nothing but buy drugs and pick up prostitutes, and I'm fairly certain that he has a history of cocaine use and that she was a prostitute yeah that's my understanding too yeah so like he was probably not in the right frame of mind as well as yeah um a little bit of fear of i'm in i'm gonna get in trouble and i don't want to deal with that and then that also snowballs like you commit to fleeing from the police it's not like you're just gonna stop because <laughs> your your brain commits to it too, and then that his brain yep. was quite likely cocaine fueled. Um, oh, it's just a horrible, horrible mix of things that happened. I 
I don't know how else to say it. Just one of those situations that everything that could go wrong pretty much went wrong in that 25 minute time period. Yeah. And so if I could, there was um, one thing I thought the documentary made it sound like a really negative thing. Um, They, they, the, I don't know if it was the union that was determined to do it, but they were determined to continue searching for a gun that the driver of the vehicle pitched during the pursuit um, because they were holding horror to that line that these officers were fired on. And that while there was not a gun in the vehicle at the time of the shooting, there was a gun in there prior. And I, they searched like that pursuit route for days upon days upon days and continued all the way through the trial to hold that line. And when they, when they talked about it in the documentary, it didn't, it didn't, those optics were really bad as well. That was one of the things that stuck out to me. Yeah. I remember them talking about, you know, like one cop and in his interview was like, Hey, I just want to let you guys know, I heard that car backfiring and the union told me, well, you know, we're still looking for the gun and all that shit. That's what it was when I heard that's terrible. That is absolutely terrible advice is for the union. And if, again, that's one guy saying it, but if the union's telling you, uh, withhold information, it's fine. That's fucking awful. Like, Hey, that that should not be the union telling people, Oh, don't tell the truth about what happened. Hey, the car might've backfired and they might've been cranking off rounds. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, we've all made mistakes. Sometimes we've made bigger mistakes than others. And when it becomes obvious to you that you, you made a mistake, that's the time where you just, you own it and you own it hard. And that can save a lot of trouble in the future. Yeah. Now I would, and I don't know if anybody would be willing to talk to it, but if a Cleveland cop happens to hear this and wants to come and talk about it, which again, I get it. You don't want to get in trouble or if there's any litigation, but we still are basing our thoughts and opinions off of a very slanted documentary so there could be more information that wasn't put into that documentary that would maybe make sense of a few other things. But I mean, the, there is some stuff that's going to be fucked, I think, either way. Yeah, I mean, it was a command and control disaster, regardless of whatever the individual officers were thinking at the time of the pursuit. And I generally I try to stay away from critiquing tactics and shit because i i get it like everything's fluid but you know and i'm i'm no swat commando man i was just a beat cop but i think you can probably objectively look at this one and say okay yeah there was some shit on this pursuit that was really fucked well and that's that was one of the other things that really no matter how the filmmakers were trying to direct your opinion when they filmed this there were some statements made by the officers that are there's no other way to say, no, you're, <laughs> I'm trying not to be too derogatory, but no, that's a, that was a foolish thing to say. And that same female sergeant that they said, um, you know, after it's all said and done and you know what you know now, would you have done anything different? And she was one of the cars that was right up next to the suspect's vehicle and her vehicle was taking rounds to the extent that she had to lay on the floorboard and fire back is what she said. And when they asked her if you would have done anything different, she just looked at him and said, no, why would I do anything different? 
And it's like, why would you do anything different? Do we need yeah. to go through this again? You know, like I was curious when they held those interviews, if this was like, you know, five minutes after it happened, or if this was like a day or two where they had time to collect their thoughts and all that shit. I don't know. It was, it definitely, it was, it was uh, interesting to say the least. Do you have any final thoughts on that? No, I think we covered everything I was thinking about. Yeah. Just, and- I would encourage people to watch it. And I do have at least one good buddy that was on Cleveland's police department at the time. I just haven't been able to, he's one of my old army buddies and I haven't talked to him in a long time. I really need to circle back with him and get what he was thinking from the inside. Yeah. It would be interesting to, to hear another perspective. And like I said, if there's a Cleveland cop that wants to come on and talk about things, I'd be down to hear it. And look, I, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to rub anybody the wrong way. I think, Sometimes we, as cops, I mean, you just have to be critical of things. And I think this is something that we can all kind of look upon and be critical. Hey, man, I uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to come on again. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, some people think you should be my co-host, but I'm the control <laughs> freak. But we'll get you on again. That. Yeah, no, that'll be cool. We'll we'll do. We'll it'll be a regular thing. We'll figure it yeah, out. It'll be good. It'll be good. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, everybody else, hang on for the next thing. Really quickly before I get to the next topic, after editing this whole Cleveland PD thing, and then I, I talked uh, with old Ben a little bit, something we we both wish we would have said. And of course, listening to it, there was like a million things that I thought about afterwards. But we both agreed that Cleveland PD has probably learned a lot from that. And they probably dramatically changed their tactics, which around the country, when shit happens, departments tend to do that, even if they're not even involved. I guess that's the way the wind blows. But I thought that was important to throw out. Now, I know you guys all waited to the very end of the podcast to hear me talk about OnlyFans, but I thought I'd bring a little guest in to help me talk about it. And now a man that needs no introduction, but I will give him an introduction anyway, because that's what you're supposed to do. I have Silent Bob, not the guy from the movies, but the guy from popular poorly made police podcasts, such as episode 16, I think, The Law Odyssey, and episode something else a poorly made christmas silent bob how are you my friend doing good doing good how are you i'm good i forgot the court one too you were on that i did i won you did win but the reason you're here is uh you're gonna kind of help me out as we navigate the world of only fans and i already sent you the picture of my balls and you said it was it was good to go um nobody's gonna notice that nick right they were very symmetrical and well shorn good anyway um <laughs> So the uh, the topic at hand, uh, it's timely. So I thought this episode would be a good place to throw this in. There was a deputy in Arapahoe County, Colorado, which if you're unfamiliar with Colorado, that is the kind of the southern part of the Denver metro area. I guess Douglas is now, but it encompasses a, a good part of Metro Denver, a bigger size department. But this uh, this deputy 
it hit the news the other day and I first saw it on like LEO affairs or like law enforcement today on Instagram or something. Have you ever seen any of those pages? I have not. They to me are like very slanted towards cops, which you may be like, well, great where they neglect to put in information that's probably pertinent to whatever the report is. And basically all of their stories are regurgitated from other people's news reports. And then they'll just add in their commentary into the news report and call it their own news. Yeah. I've seen those. I'm not, I'm definitely not a fan. Yeah. They don't really represent cops very well. Cause there's been a few of them where I read, I'm like, okay. So I stumbled across this story about Mrs. Only fans here. And I, I dive into it and I read a couple other articles about it. Now, before we get into her story, we were talking before we hit record about OnlyFans itself. I am not an idiot. I don't pay for porn. So I don't actually know how OnlyFans works. My understanding is it's basically anything you want to put on there that people will pay for, whether that's just regular nudes or like full on sex. Is that kind of your understanding or where are you at with that yeah and not just because my wife might listen to this at some point or be able to hear me upstairs i've honestly never been on it either i mean same reason like what the hell but uh i mean if that's how you want to make a living good for you outside of what we're about to discuss but my understanding just from people joking and talking about it is it's anything from like weirdos paying to look at feet to basically full-on self-produced porn yeah i think it's everything And my opinion straight up of a cop being on OnlyFans kind of depends on what's there, which like the feet you brought up, if it's her fucking feet or his feet, who the fuck knows it's them? Don't fucking tell anybody. But I think once you graduate to, uh, which by the way, the feet thing's just fucking weird anyway, really don't tell anybody if you're doing that because that's fucking weird. But you're going to get no argument there. Yeah, that's. And I know there's all kinds of crazy shit out there where like people pay for fucking panties and tampons and all kinds of weird shit. But once it to me, once you graduate to nudes, you're kind of, I don't know. And I hate to sound like a square, but you do represent the agency at all times. And that's not to say cops can't go out and have a good time and have a beer, but when you're posting nudes on the internet or fucking giving blowjobs or getting railed on the internet, I just don't see how that's representing your police department in a favorable light. So, and I don't know how deep you want to dive into it. There's so many layers of issues here that I think are problematic. The Did you ask first... how deep I wanted to dive into it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So first things first, I'll readily admit, and I don't have a problem sharing, I'm in my 40s. Like this whole, t- I don't have TikTok. I've never been on TikTok. It drives me nuts. The whole TikTok cop thing drives me absolutely bonky insane. I think a lot of that social media with cop stuff is problematic, but I also get that I'm just outside the window of that and i'm older and the younger folks are like okay you grandpa boomer shut up even though i'm you know gen x what up so i think there's definitely a divide there but i have a lot of opinions about cops posting everything on social media and uniform and doing all that stuff taking that one step further it's a completely different world from an employment standpoint so 
it's a public facing organization, right? You have to have public trust is public facing. I know some people might disagree with this, but guess what? You want to post nudes and do all kinds of weird shit. Go work at a tattoo parlor, man. They're not going to care. Go work at a restaurant. They're probably not going to care. It's based on the job you take. So I remember back in the day I was talking to a judge and I had never thought of this and it had never crossed my mind. And they mentioned something to me about things that they were no longer to do anymore because of their position. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I could never, ever, in theory, even go to a strip club. And I was like, holy cow, I never thought of that. Because what if somebody that you sentenced or their family members or a juror are in there, you have accepted a heightened role where you're under more scrutiny and there's certain things you're not going to be allowed to do because it reflects poorly on your position, which is directly tied to public trust. And you've just kind of forfeited that right based on the job that you got into. That's one layer, kind of the 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 moral high ground, I'll call it. The second layer from an employment standpoint. Real quick, let's talk about yeah. let's talk about that layer really quick because you brought up something that I wanted to talk about. And I'm I'm just really gonna take a punch to the gut of some people really quick because I've done posts about beards and all kinds of different stuff in law enforcement. And for beards, one guy was like, that is basic human rights to be able to have a beard or tattoo. And that's a generational thing to even fucking think that you it's that whole, like to me, you took a job, you have to abide by the rules. If you don't like their rules, go get a different job. No one's making you work anywhere, but continue on the layer two. Yeah. So, I mean, just touching on that, look, I've got a bunch of tattoos. I'm fully sleeved up. I have a beard. I had to shave when I joined the department and I had to cover my tattoos every day because that was the policy. And I was well aware of that when I signed up. Was I sad when the policy changed? No, but same thing. Like the older generation might look at that the same way I look at TikTok. I fully admit that I'm a giant hypocrite and that I'm getting off my lawn. Um, The second layer I think that people need to realize is from an employment standpoint, all of us, when you sign up to be a representative for your community and join a sheriff's department, police department, whatever it is, you automatically sign. you can't take, and I don't know if your old department, I'm sure it was this way. You can't just take any off duty job you want, right? They have to be approved. Yes. And that was the other thing that's going to come up when we get into the, her story real quick is that was the thing she got in trouble to, with on the department is because it wasn't approved employment, which I would assume most departments have, hey, if you're going to work outside, you have to get it approved kind of thing, which depending on how it's written. Yeah. And you have to look right. So each department has its own policy. When you sign on, you're kind of beholden to that. And based on the settlement she took and not getting too far, I think she knew she had a problem, which is why she bounced for what she bounced for. But like, for those of you who didn't listen to the prior podcast or whatever, I'm a reserve deputy. So I'm a volunteer. I have a law firm. That's the day job. One of the other reserves in my department, it is against our department policy to work at an outside job at an establishment where alcohol is served. Okay. I'm not talking like security duty. I'm talking working for like the actual restaurant or bar or brewery, um, which depending on what state you're in, they're on every corner. 
the gentleman that volunteers for my department had to wait for a year to get approval because he also worked at a brewery and he could not do both until it was signed off on and went through all the channels, which I kid you not took over a year of time for that to happen. You're working for an employee, an employer that has specific policies in place and you have to abide by those. And if you don't, whether you agree with it or not, that's the world you're living in. But then there's external and external factors that go along with that too. And I don't know if you want me to shut up or. No, I, I think we'll, we'll get into the, the story here. So if anybody hasn't read it. So basically this uh, chick, William, 46, she, she made an only fan back in May and she was on the police force for 28 years. So she'd been a cop for a fucking hot minute, which it also goes into this whole, you know, wire cops feeling like they need to do the OnlyFans, which it goes on later in there where she made some statement that she liked doing it and it was for fun and it was a good way to express herself, which is total fucking bullshit. You go on OnlyFans to make money. So right there, I knew she was a fucking liar. She said she was well-respected at work. Um, I may have heard from some people that was not the case. That's a sample size, so I can't say if that's a true thing or not, but so basically what happens, she's doing this thing anonymously, not saying she's a cop or whatever. Somebody finds out about it from a neighboring department, which my assumption is she fucking told somebody, which is probably her first mistake. The assumption, maybe somebody just happened upon her and was like, I fucking know her. Mom, is that you? Mom. Yeah. And then a, I guess it was an officer from another department made the complaint, which to me that that's like some blue falcon shit happening like hey i don't like this bitch let's fucking go after her only fans kind of thing but you know there's that would be always... an amazing get if you could get them in blue falcon court oh i'm just throwing God, that, that would be great yes but then it goes on to you know she talks about you know how she thought it was inappropriate that you know people she was being investigated and they just wanted to see her naked oh, hold on a second you put something up there in public purview. They, I guess they paid to see whatever she was putting up there. That might have changed the course of the investigation. Is it, oh, is she putting like pictures on her feet or is she wearing bikinis or, or whatever? Oh, no, she's getting fucking slammed. Maybe that doesn't represent the police department very well. I don't know. I could be off. So she gets the IA and then initially it was she was forced to resign. And then depending on the news story you read, they basically the IA wasn't finished and they offered they she wanted to retire and wanted some money and they said retire take 30 grand which I think Arapahoe County was wrong for that why are you giving somebody money that did something wrong to leave as a settlement that there's more to it if you ask me what do you think about that sadly talking to several folks and having done litigation for 20 years that doesn't surprise me and I wouldn't read too much into it I think a lot of times government agencies pay when they absolutely shouldn't but a lot of times yeah, now fair. they're just they're so risk adverse and they just don't want to deal with it plus depending if you have to get outside litigation honestly from a cost standpoint they would run through that amount in just a few months of litigation so it's a business decision at some point as well okay that makes sense yeah maybe she was like i'm gonna fucking see you guys pay me some money Anyway, I'm not going to read the entire article. If Just Google, honestly, deputy only fans, and you'll find a bunch of articles on it. You can read through all the information. But the one of the things that said in there is the situation wreaked havoc on her mental health. 
like this is somebody else's fault. You fucking put your nudes on the internet. This is the only person at fault here is you. You took that risk knowing somebody you know, maybe not even on your department, maybe at your church, maybe at your kid's school, maybe your neighbor would see that shit. When people find shit like that, that's not something that stays under wraps. That's going to be one of those. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking somebody at the church. They're going to be like, hey, check this shit out. Oh, yeah, dude. Her pastor totally watched that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where I think it speaks to a. It's just it's a weird time in society. Right. So luckily, I grew up before cell phones were a thing. Social media didn't exist. Thank goodness. So. I am, this is where I'm going to sound like the grumpy old dude, and you might be the grumpy, slightly younger dude. Don't put shit on the internet to get attention and then bitch when you get attention. (laughs) Yes. I I don't think I could have said it better myself. Holy shit. You're not Rosa Parks because people are judging you for what you put out in the public hemisphere and then claim your feelings got hurt. Get fucked. <laughs> Jesus, that's fucking amazing. And that that brings up the final point I wanted to make about the news articles because the, the initial articles, the sheriff's department didn't comment. And then I saw one on Fox News where they commented and they basically said, we're not going to get too much into this, but she's basically doing this to uh, get attention for her fucking OnlyFans, which is true. The news didn't find her. She found the news. Which I oh, think the, the first one I think it was on was Daily Mail. I could be wrong. And I don't know anything about Daily Mail. It's out of the UK. And then you Google it now and every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry has their own article about what happened. So that's why she's doing it. She's go- doing it for attention, which we're kind of giving her. I guess I could like bleep out her name. So if you guys are wondering what the bleep is later. Um, but I don't know. I just now here's what amazed me, though. I did a little poll on Instagram, which, you know, is scientific, right? Well, I voted because I wanted to see the numbers and I was shocked, but sorry. Okay, this is actually super funny. The first question I have is, should cops be allowed to have OnlyFans where they post nudes? It's 50-50 at this point in time, and it hasn't been up that long. The vote for yes is 420, and the vote for no no is 420. So 420, nice. (laughs) 69. And now the next question I put up was, if a cop has an OnlyFans, do they deserve to be ridiculed? And the, that one has a yes of 58%, no 42 Now, when I say ridiculed, I don't mean like, you know, throwing tomatoes at them or whatever, but you reap what you sow kind of thing. I'm not saying like evil shenanigans, but shenanigans. Now, the last question, which wasn't up, it was only up for 40 minutes before uh, we recorded because I just learned that I got my quizzes back, which is nice. Um, thanks, Instagram. I asked, son of a bitch, I'm a boomer and I can't use this. I asked people, what if OnlyFans for cops wasn't just nudes, but graphic sex? Would you be okay with a cop that posts videos of them getting railed or being railed by someone? Or, you know what I'm saying? So the answers were, it's never okay for an OnlyFans cop. Nudes only or sex and nudes. And right now, the winner with 181 votes is it's never okay. However, uh, nudes only is 61 votes and sex and nudes is okay at 97, which if you add them together, uh, that's what, 158, which is a lot. I'm honestly shocked. 
because when I, and it's apples to oranges, but I've, I did a post recently about um, should I keep making fun of TikTok cops? And it was 80, 20. So what we're saying here, and this is very scientific bull here. What we're saying here is we have a bigger problem with TikTok cops than we do with cops that are on OnlyFans, which to me is wild. Yeah, in in my world, we call those inconsistent verdicts when it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because if you're consistent, you would think that those results would be consistent across the board. Um, but I don't... So I'm literally, I'm teaching in an academy tomorrow. And I always, when I teach at the academy, I make them all raise their hand and promise not to post shit on TikTok in uniform <laughs> or, I, or I get to punch them in the face. And so far, nobody's, nobody's taken me up on it. But God, it, like if you want to do that, that's fine. But you're not going into the right profession if you're going to do that. It's the same thing. And I'm consistent, which is why I tend to piss a lot of people off. Like, this isn't okay if you're a public school teacher. It's not okay if you're a government employee. Like, you've made a choice to go in a direction where you're giving up some of the ability to do those things. And if you don't want to do it, man, it's America. If you want to go do whatever you want to do, I fully support it. But there are ramifications for what you're going to do. It's really you know, interesting. We live in a, a country where you can't show a tit on TV, right? We have that extreme. But then we have the other far extreme where basically probably a higher percentage than we know of people that are essentially porn stars. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, most of the you could probably walk into a lot of houses and be surprised at the amount of zipper mask you're going to find in the basement. I mean, I'm all for we're just. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without getting in trouble. We're kind of stupid as a society, right? So I was in Mexico once, chilling on the beach. I looked over to my right. There was a grandmother, an adult daughter, and an adult granddaughter, all of whom were topless on the beach, right? You know who gave a shit? Nobody. Nobody blinked an eye. Nobody looked. It wasn't a thing. I guarantee, though, it would be a much bigger deal if grandma was a lieutenant working for a police department and, you know, flicking the bean on camera. Because here's the other problem, right? So I just got to give this caveat. So from a legal standpoint, and this is just speculation on my part, haven't done this for a while. If somebody's got enough time in that something like this happens, the easiest out for everybody is they can retire. Right. Like that's the cleanest way out. The second cleanest way out is they violated policy for working off duty and not getting approval. That's a technical violation. It's easy to bounce somebody out on. Nobody wants to have the moral argument on whether or not this is OK, because it gets messy and people are going to disagree. I'd be curious to have, I don't know, like a 25 year old cop in this discussion who might have a vastly different opinion. But I think the bigger problem that we have to look at, and it's the same thing with that stupid lap dance video out of New York, right? If you are on fucking OnlyFans doing all kinds of dirty, naughty stuff that's your God-given right to do in America, America. that's fine. But inside your institution, I guarantee you every single cop that works for her, how long do you think it took for every single person in that department to see that video? Videos. Yeah. 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 Like you've inside your institution, you've completely 
voided your ability to lead because that is what you made yourself right or wrong is just nobody's going to take you seriously at that point and i lecture young people all the time to be careful what they put on the internet i hire people you know what we do we google you and we do social media searches and if you're on there drunk passed out with your pants down or doing something stupid employers are looking at that if you're posting risque stuff, employers are looking at that, which you're putting in the public domain. So you lost the right to whine about it. But not only did she poison the internal well with, I mean, you're a lieutenant. You think everybody beneath you is going to take you seriously after that? That is a legitimate problem. But here's the other problem. I worked in a jail. You think that's not going to get out and every single inmate in there is not going to have watched that video or seen it or their family members have? You've created so many dynamic problems within that institution, both with regard to other cops and the people that you're supposed to be supervising. Holy shit. Anybody who's worked at a jail, I cannot, if she walked through a module, the amount of comments that would probably come out, I would be on the ground trying not to laugh and hide my face because it would be unreal. So it's just, you know, we all make choices, but she put them in an untenable position where there's nothing you can do with that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And I've made the point several times over, you know, we always go from like these far extremes in our society. I think people should do whatever the fuck they want to do. But why do we have to show everybody what we're doing all the time? And specifically with this, it's, it's about making money. It's not about like, I'm just expressing myself. No, you were trying to make a quick buck. I get it. Times are tough. You got to pay that mortgage. Housing prices in uh, Arapahoe County are fucking ridiculous. However, you got to think about what you're doing. And I, I don't know, man. I don't even know where they go because I think I don't know that we changed anybody's mind. I think there's going to be a crowd, probably younger, that are like, no, fuck it. It's her body, her choice. She can do whatever they want. And I think the the older crowd, such as me and you, are going to say, hey, look, we get it. You know, it's she she's free to do things like that. But you have to think about who and what you're representing. And you are a representative of your department at all times. And people could make the argument about the meme page when I was still on the job. OK, but nobody knows, knows who I am. Right. My face isn't out there. All that good shit. And if if I would have gotten in trouble, I would have had to eat crow on that. And the only person to blame, except for the rat, would have been me because I made the choice to run the page, right? She made that choice. And I think it's very ignorant to think that she was going to keep making videos of graphic sex and somebody wasn't going to stumble upon it that knew them. Yeah. And it brings a whole bunch of different layers. I mean, like if he, if she was completely obscuring her face and nobody knew who she was, you know, that's a different argument, but I just want to be clear too. Cause I don't want to sound like, you know, a fuddy duddy. I think like there was no way to keep her in that position for a whole lot of legal and moral and policy reasons and everything else. I think that that coffin was pretty much sealed. But if she goes on to make a ton of money each month from this and it's what she wants to like freaking good for you, go live your life. But there, there are consequences to those choices and to pretend that she is in any way and male, female, I don't give a shit to pretend that she is in any way a victim in this is just absurd. Yeah. That was honestly one of my biggest problems with it. You know, she's either smart or she's really dumb. I'm leaning. I'm going to give her a little bit of credit because 
like the the sheriff said or the representative said of the department she's just doing this for extra attention because it said in there she's making four grand a month right now which is before all the attention which is forty eight thousand dollars a year which isn't bad money but i know in that area that is not going to cut it if you have a house and kids you got to be making you know family's got to be making almost fucking 200 grand out there anymore it seems but now you know she's going to be fucking up in it and what's the work consist of doing something you're going to do anyway except you're recording it okay so i gotta throw this out to your millions of followers because i this just sparked interest if i have no idea how OnlyFans is priced i don't even know if people like set their own prices or what the ranges are but i would be dying to know what she charged before this came out and i bet immediately as soon as this broke she doubled or tripled whatever her price was i don't know how it gets set but i'd be really curious to know how that went down because she might be incredibly freaking smart and be like i'm retiring anyway i'm getting my ass out of the jail deuces i'm gonna make way more money i edited out every comment in my brain about how she was gonna make more money on OnlyFans, but. You Hold get on a second. Saying. Hold on a second. Here's some conspiracy. And I really wanted to keep this short, but this is just too interesting. What if, what if she reported herself because she knew this is what was going to happen, right? You're going to retire anyway. You milked the county out of free money. And now you're getting all this publicity as a victim. And there's a whole segment of society that, you know, we do have cops have a lot of people that don't like cops right now, but fuck, there are some people out there that no matter what the police do, they're behind it. And they're probably seeing this like this poor girl. She just wanted to get fucked and get paid for it. And look at how this department mistreated her. I'm going to do something to help her and jerk off. Yeah. I think it's probably, you know, I've seen, we've all, anybody in this job or anything even tangential to this job has seen every single aspect of humanity. I wouldn't venture a guess if she leaked it herself or somebody else who's just petty did it. Even money, I have no idea. Either way could be accurate. But I mean, kudos to her if she set this whole thing up and did the long con on it. I, I'd be fucking impressed, to be honest with you. I'd be really impressed. Well, shit, man. I, I think we could probably continue well, talking this could be on this days i have so many social media opinions but yeah it feel free to tell me if i'm wrong about the i'll tell you what i'd really like to talk because i feel like this was part of the article is she said something about you know it's really hard to be a female cop and be respected and then <laughs> okay well now you're gonna fucking go put yourself on the internet getting fucking blasted so i'd be curious to hear from a female cop because let's be real, for the most part, people are tuning in the porn to see chicks, not dudes. It's Speak just for a thing. yourself. Yeah, uh, I got some good memes about the other half of that, but we're not going to talk about that. I, <laughs> I would be, I would be interested to hear from a, a female perspective, and I, and I should in the next month or so. I got to get it scheduled, but I, I have a gal that's going to come on. And uh, I would be very curious to know what she thinks. And I'll maybe I'll make that part of my question. Uh, do you shit your pants? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you think it's okay for a cop to have an, an OnlyFan and get fucked in the face? That could be, that's going up there with the Crown Vic questions too. It's going to be part of my, uh, my new ending process. What do you think about that? I support it just out of morbid curiosity because I wonder how much of a generational thing it is. I might do, I'll do an informal poll tomorrow if I don't get kicked out of teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. 
All right. Well, pal, we should probably wrap this up. Um, like you should, if you have sex with an OnlyFans model. Anyway, uh, thank you guys. This has been kind of a weird fucking podcast. We had the court. We had a little talk about Cleveland PD. And now we're talking about boobs and tits, which is the best of all worlds. Actually, we didn't talk about boobs and tits. They're fake, by the way. But now we did. Now we did. Now I can say we we did. Nay on the fake boobies, by the way. Not a big fan. Well, that concludes this fucking terrible podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was weird and kind of all over the place, but I thought it was probably one of the funnier ones we've done. So with that said, you guys know how to support this podcast. At the end of the podcast, click that little link, put in your mom's credit card number, and help keep the lights on down here in this dingy, sexy basement. Buy some poorly made merch. We're going to have some fun shit coming out soon, so pay attention. Something very cool and shiny will be coming. And then, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. With that said, you guys be safe out there. Don't pay for porn. And I love most of you.